listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 102, asterisk, of the AntsMarching.org <laughs> podcast. I was thinking, Joe, uh, first of all, hello, how are you? It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Matt. It's been a while. It's been a little bit, yeah. I was just thinking we probably should have come up with a better name, like, People in Every Direction, or something like that, um, for the, to, for the name of, of the podcast. Instead of Ants Podcast, Ants Marching Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we, we've been doing this for a long time. I think, like, 06 was our first episode or something. It was a long time ago. I remember I remember there were very different podcasts. The yeah, beginning. yeah I, the first one was me solo. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it, it it almost came to that for 102 because I couldn't get you um, <laughs> I couldn't get you nailed down, so it almost was yet another. Like I think this Matt is the appropriate team. name for the podcast, though. It's like the band name is just Dave Matthews Band, right? The most uh, generic name ever, and I think AntsMarching.org podcast follows that same format. It, it might, it might, but you're anything but generic, I gotta say, especially with that artwork behind you that you're rocking right now. <laughs> so make me look more sophisticated. It does. It does. Um, because what so, I say is probably not that sophisticated. Why has it been so long since our last podcast? It, it is impossible to, to just even get two people to get schedules to line up. Mm -hmm. um, I've been traveling. Uh, went out to Europe, so that's part of it. You had some nice time off, which did not which did not overlap, so they were serial to each other. So pretty difficult to... Uh, to get each other's calendars to line up. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, you did travel, so I'm glad you made it uh, out there and home safely and then everywhere in between, Thank too, you. which had to be quite the fiasco. We will talk about that a little bit later, obviously, because I have a feeling you didn't go to, like, Australia or Canada, right? Uh, no, I might have went somewhere else that may, may be relevant to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> um, well, let's um, let's talk about some of the the small stuff that's kind of um, dropped over the last two or three months. Uh, that's not necessarily headline material. We're definitely burying the lead here, but um, a few little minor uh, bits that have dropped. That uh, Live Tracks 47 was announced, was put up for pre-order, and it's is it coming soon, Joe? Uh, uh, in terms of availability, I think so. I'm trying to look it yeah. up. I thought that's all the last call. So, yeah, while you're looking at that up, it is um, a show from 1997. It's a, a nice old one. Which um, is we're awesome. talking. Yeah, because yeah. recently we've been on the don't mention Boyd, don't reference Boyd, don't include anything with Boyd uh, streak. And maybe we've seen an end to it finally. Now we're going back to a 97 show. And guess what? It has Boyd in it. So uh, You know who else it has in it, which I find funny, is uh, the Flectones. Um, yes. And not the entire show, obviously. And Bela. It looks like guested on um, six tracks, and Jeff, our own Jeff Coffin, guested at that time um, on 41, and they did the the famous uh, Sojourn of Arjuna interpolation, which is is definitely a fan 41, favorite. And 41, it was what uh, it was what turned me on to the Flectones, truth be told, and I ended up seeing them live and getting a bunch of their albums. So um, yeah, I definitely didn't know. Uh, I wasn't exposed enough to the Flectones. Uh, that part of the jam band scene pr prior to them guesting and opening for DMB, and that kind of raised some awareness about it. Definitely a different era where um, openers were a big part of what 
made the DMB concert experience what it was. So you got to really see some different stuff. I, I, I'm sure I've talked about it. My, my first show was uh, the summer of 2000, and I got um, Ozo Motley and Ben Harper as mm. openers in Buffalo. Really cool. And then 2001, I got Macy Gray. Um, I've seen Modest Yahoo, some really cool opening acts um, in the last well, 19 years, last 20 years. I, I, oh. I enjoyed that. We've, we've Since uh, two sets, we haven't really had openers um, other than the Gorge. Yeah, and again, I, I think two sets might even be getting a little bit more of a, a look from people now when they... You know, in the in the name of diversity, I think people are starting to say, "Hey, I wouldn't mind taking that back." And then you get people who say, "Well, you know, the two sets, like so much of what some people think of the band right now, is an opportunity somewhat wasted." Like, yeah, okay, cool, different. They should have gone farther. And then you're going to get that for a lot of the things right now that that we have to talk about. But um, so yeah, that do we know when that's um coming it might, out? It might be now. Might be available now because it doesn't look like it's a pre-order anymore. So, uh, okay, yeah, the now. pre-order last chance was um, March 21st. So, yep, must be just shipping now. Okay, very cool. Two CD set uh, on the store. Yeah, and also um, a couple of extra shows. A few extra shows have been announced uh, in the meantime. Uh, DMB is playing at the. You're the music festival dude, Joe. Tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the swing at this. <laughs> you got, you're going to ask me if you're pronouncing it right. Right. Is it Kabu? Is it Kabu? Is it Kabu, the festival in Del Mar, California? I think the K is silent, so it's just Abu. <laughs> <laughs> the Abu. The Abu Festival. They're headlining. Uh, it's a three-day three, uh, sh- uh, festival the, from September 13th through the 15th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're headlining Saturday night. Um, you've got some other bands. You've got Duran Duran there. I think, um, uh, who else? Snoop's going to be there. Let's see. Calbu Del Mar. I was just looking at it before we recorded here. And, Likewise. And, uh, okay. So, yeah. So we've got, um, okay. So Kings of Leon are the headliner on Friday. Dave Matthews Band with Black Eyed Peas and One Republic on Saturday. And Mumford Sons with Marin Morris, uh, on Sunday. You've got other uh, other, you know, pretty big names. You've got Cheryl Crow, Snoop, Wu-Tang Clan, Ario Speedwagon, The Bangles, um, Sublime. I didn't even know they were they were back. Uh, Boys to Men, Colby Calliot. Uh, <laughs> so a number of somewhat large names. They've also got some comedy going on. So like Jimmy O. Yang, Bob Saget, Kevin Smith, Wayne Brady, uh, Tom Green. And hey, we saved the best for last, right? A special performance. By the 2019 American Idol winner. Yes. I can't wait to see that person. I love that person. <laughs> yes. Who is that person? <laughs> they sound great. I love that person. <laughs> I'll have that. So they're playing that. Um, and they also added a show uh, at a brand new venue in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Chase Center in San Fran on uh, 910. Um, so, you know, it didn't get announced with the rest of the tour dates because that venue is like still being built. And I don't think they were fully sure if it was going to be done um, by the time that D&B would be there. But I think at this point, they're at the point where, yeah, it's going to be going to be finished being built. And, you know, if we're going to be holding a show there, we got to start selling tickets. So they made the call to, to officially put a San Fran show there, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's an indoor place. For those that aren't aware, it's going to be like the, the new place that the... Uh, that the Golden State uh, Warriors play. Um, 
Uh, that's going to be their new venue? That's going to be their new venue, yeah. I okay. guess the, what is it, the Oracle is kind of... Yeah, they're done at Oracle this year, I think. Yeah, it's falling apart. So that's going to be the new place that they play. It's supposed to be pretty nice. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of hope that maybe DMB would be announced as the official grand opening music act. Um, and then they went and announced the date, and it didn't say anything like first mu- first musical act. So that was a little mm-hmm. disappointing. I guess there's still a chance that somebody else may get get that role um, in front of DMB. Um, but regardless, they'll be one of the first acts if they're not the first act to play yep. to play the place. I, so. I know that they do. If they if they were, it probably would have been announced or will be announced because I remember what is it? Avaya Stadium is that yeah. another San Fran? That's a San Jose area um, where Company. the Niners play. Yeah. And I think the San Jose Earthquakes, the MLS soccer team, played. And I, I believe the Sounders were the first, you know, the first visitor at that stadium in terms of. And I think San Jose was, the Earthquakes played the first sporting event there. There was some kind of pomp and circumstance to it. So, yeah. I don't know. Is DMB a big enough name to be considered the, you know. Um, a good act to get as your, you know, debut opening opening concert. It's got to be. It, it's got to be. I mean, look at the tour numbers every year. Despite whatever, they're still still big they're draw. perennial, yeah. perennial touring powerhouses. Still, right? I mean, so they think if they didn't announce DMB as the grand opener, I don't know if it's just because of timing. They they're actually going to be open a month, and they just there's too much time to make them the first. Or, or it could be the 2019 winner of American Idol, and they're just waiting <laughs> on the identification. Of I was going to say, who's going to be, who do you think they're going to get somebody bigger than DMV? I didn't think well, about that. They, the American Idol, darn it. They are great. <laughs> darn. Uh, so in addition to that, we've got uh, a couple of uh, Dave, Math- or Dave Matthews, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds shows also sprinkled in, and one... Um, perennial favorite right in in uh june which is the canadagua uh is this still finger lakes performing arts center do they still call that it's something sands now right uh, i just uh canadagua performing arts center okay i thought it was something they called it something sands uh, uh, yeah i don't know um but yeah so dave and tim obviously acoustic upstate new york in the in the uh in the finger lakes region it used to be called fl pack or F- i don't know full pack or Finger Lakes Performing Arts Center, okay. kind of the counter to SPAC, or SPAC as you call it. Um, sure, yeah, of course. Yep, right. so they'll be there uh, June 18th. It is and Sam's, Dave and you're right. What's Bra- that? Brands, Mar- Brands Marvin Sam's Performing Arts Center. Hey, Constell- that Constellation Brands. Sweet. And uh, they'll also be on uh, April 20th, here in a couple of weeks, in, in Charleston, South Carolina as well. So a couple Dave and Tim shows sprinkled in there. There's actually a, a Dave solo show that got announced really weird i mean i i wasn't uh, i was busy when it got announced so i didn't follow up what everyone was discussing about it but it's like this dave uh solo show and like tennessee at these like resorts um they're calling it the bramble um bramble hall amphitheater it's like this amphitheater that's in the middle of the mountains and woods where these two resorts are like these private i don't know resorts it was like you have to book a hotel stay for like four nights in order to get a chance to buy a ticket, even to buy the ticket, and the ticket's still like $300. It's essentially like a super VIP kind of thing. But it's uh, gonna... I see the event fee being between $900 and $1,300. <laughs> That's just the event fee, but you also have to get a four-day hotel stay with it, too, which at, at this like expensive hotel place. Um, so that's happening in mid-July, like right after Saratoga, which is crazy. They're going to be sitting up by SPAC. Dave's going to fly to Tennessee to do this exclusive VIP show, and then he's going to fly 
um, fly back to uh, New York and play um, Jones Beach. Interesting. Yeah. All right, good catch there. It's interesting. I mean, I can tell you my new, my new favorite outside of D&B full band shows, I mean, my next favorite is Dave Solo shows. I mean, Dave Solo shows, to me, top Dave and Tim shows. Um, wait, 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 wait. Why? Because you get a lot of songs, and it's just raw Dave. There's no, like, you know, draw out crush for, for, for solos or any of this kind of thing. It's just, like, only Dave. He can't hide behind anything. Like, he doesn't have Tim to carry him. So he's the one performing. And That's cool, but is that true? Are the shows longer? Yeah. I thought, when I think Dave Solo, Not I think... Long, more, more songs. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. I think radio interviews, yep. I think standard exactly. radio hit fair. Exactly. Well, no, not radio hit fair. I do, I though. thought where you were going was, is traditionally, there aren't too many full-length Dave there are Solo not. shows. There are not. There's a lot of Dave Solo, like, four, five, six songs you know, yep. playing little spots at you know in in TV specials or you know appearances and stuff like this, but a full length Dave solo show is a rare thing. That I is rare. Haven't been a lot of those. One of the one, uh, Benyora Hall up by you. Benaroya. Uh, Benaroya. Um, yep. Famous one, just so good. And you know, he, I mean, he did one. I went and got to see one in last year in Cleveland. And he plays Dreaming Tree solo out of nowhere. I just like so, so many good songs. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Dave solo. Um, I don't maybe it's just because it's not as frequent that I like it. I'm not sure. But you get a lot of so, you get more songs than a Dave and Tim show. Yeah, it's tough because you, you try to um, separate the rarity of it, which makes it cool to you, right? It's, it's balance, if, you, if they both happened at the same frequency. Right. That would be the true judgment, right? But certainly because it's such a rarity to get a full Dave show, it's it's something that... Different perspective, yeah, something a little different. But I mean, Dave and Tim, and we'll get into this later, but, and again, it's, this is just my, my feel from just checking out the community and having my ear to the ground, but it seems like Dave and Tim shows have really increased in their desirability, where people who are not getting what they want from a Dave Matthews band show recently are getting that, or at least some of that in a Dave and Tim show. Variety, for for example, there's a heck of a lot more variety in a Dave and Tim show. There is. There just is. There is more variety. There's songs that we don't get here played, like last summer, you know, there are songs that we weren't hearing played full bands, and then Dave and Tim would go do a solo show like the Canadaqua show, and you'd get something that hasn't been played full band. I think, like, uh, maybe Stone is an example of that. Right. Um, it's like, and, which I gotta go it's to on their mind, right? It's not like they just aren't thinking about it. It's there. Right. And it's really interesting because usually if Dave wants to play it, guess what? The rest of the band's probably going to play it. But when you see something like that, that, that contradicts that. It's like, well, they went and played it for Dave and Tim. Why won't they play it full band? And, yeah. and it might just be a, f- a function of, again, they play more songs in a Dave and Tim show, so maybe they just have to pull a little bit deeper. I'm not sure, but um, that's interesting if that's truly how people are starting to feel, like they got to go to a Dave and Tim show to get some different songs. That's, yeah. that's Well, speaking of uh, lack of different songs, the European tour just wrapped last night. What are you talking about, lack of, lack of, lack of different songs? Statistics and facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they uh, played Lisbon uh, last night, and that was the final show of the European tour. 18 shows this tour. Yep. 62 different songs played. Yep. We are on that one every three kind of 
and we and we've we've said in the past with. that what one every five is where it's... well it make a huge difference yeah and and again that that number that one every however many theoretically as the band ages well maybe not ages but as they add more songs to their catalog which with time is somewhat of a you know um not linear but you know as time goes on there's going to be more songs in the catalog yes you would think that number could be more easily achieved a higher number one every three four five six and we've seen the opposite migration lately right. and, and we're talking about just to be very clear is how 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 often on average does a song get played i.e when we say one in three it means um that song gets played one every three shows that frequent yeah um versus i think what we've discussed in the past is they've done one in five where a song isn't played uh, on average uh, until one in five shows and that seems about where people were pretty happy with the the variety in the set lists and now it's one in three and what's crazy though too is i think that average is a little bit skewed i think what you will have is you don't have you don't have 62 songs that are that were all played once every three shows you probably have more and i i have to look into this to be completely exact and accurate but i have a feeling that it's more like 45 songs that were played with regularity and then you're sprinkled in with a handful of other songs to to goose that number up to 62 but most of the songs are probably you probably have more like two shows of songs that were played repeatedly this this tour and then you had your occasional less than common song played i won't even say rare yeah uh, because we're not we're not seeing a lot of that right now but um and just to let you know to get the to get the good and the bad out this is clearly a tour where almost every show was played in a different country than the last show that's a big that's an important part to me very oh yeah to be fair yeah i mean i mean this is not a United States tour where you, you're, you're built on, well, I, I hope they know. They're built on a fan base that used to follow this band around from stop to stop and, you know, therefore more variety and certainly a lot of two-night stands, even some three-night stands, right? Um, these guys are literally in a different country almost every night. You could play the same exact show and you could at least make the argument that, hey, so what? The people who were at the show last night we don't expect them to be at the show tonight. So what's it matter? Right. I can get that argument. Yeah. I mean, these, uh, unlike, uh, the U S there's a lot more hardcore fans. We, we have the luxury of being able to see them more often. A lot of times the venues are within driving distance, you know, from city next city to, to the, uh, from one night to the next night. So it's easy to do multiple night stands here. Like you said, different countries, sometimes we're crossing water. It isn't just a small drive. It's significant distance between the places, and there aren't that many hardcore fans. I, it's a different aspect out there on what the makeup of the crowd is and what they're playing to. I would argue that the distance isn't as much of a of a stretch. <clears throat> Europe, you can get around probably easier than you can get around the United States. But in terms of in terms of your upstate New York, you know where I'm from and and where you're generally around, Joe. <clears throat> It used to be you could get 12 shows within a six-hour radius yeah. uh, in a summer. That, you know, it's um, it's probably not quite that dense when you're thinking about Europe, but it is still a lot more accessible than 
hitting the gorge and hitting SPAC and hitting Alpine. That's, you know, it's, it's between, between public transportation, trains, uh, little short puddle, puddle jumper flights. Europe is a lot more traversable. Uh, but again, that fan base presumably isn't that type of fan base, right? I mean, they're not going there for people like you who, who went there and you're going to chase them for a couple of weeks. Right. They're going there for local fans who they haven't seen them in six years and they're going to, or whatever. Right. That, that's, that's exactly it. And I think a lot of people don't maybe think about that or realize that. Now, there were a handful of Europeans that did do extended trips. I, you know, I saw um, you know, four, four show runs, five show. I saw all the way up to um, 10, I think, was the, lo- the longest I saw some Europeans doing. Uh, but that is definitely the minority. That is less than 1%. It, it was, I can tell you I was there. The shows were filled with locals um, from the local country, not from other countries. There were a fair share of Americans there, but it wasn't like um, a lot of different European countries being represented in, in, at one show. It was, it was the local country. What did you think about the tour? Um, I, I thought, you know, we're, we're hitting on the, the everyone's complaint, which is the, the, the variety of the set list. And I could just tell you, I, I thought that DMB played it right. Yeah, based on what we're just talking about the about the audience, I think these sets, if you look at them, the, the, you're going to a show. You haven't seen the band in maybe never, ever seen them. Maybe it was the best case in 2015. It's been a while. If I'm paying to go see a ticket, and these tickets weren't cheap. Some of the people told me, you know, for a European concert, it was an expensive ticket, you know, 100 euro. Um, that's not cheap uh, in some concert standards in some of these countries. So um, you're making a night out of this. But if I'm paying this, and I don't see them very often, I want to, one, hear the hits, hear my favorite things, because I, I don't care about rarities. I don't get to see the band that often. I want to make sure I heard the songs that I really love. And two... Um, you know, I want high energy songs, songs that I'm going to have a blast and say, wow, that was an awesome concert. And I feel they did those two things. They played their most, some of their most popular songs and their most fun songs. And of the songs, the other songs they played, they were high energy or pretty, um, you know, songs that would get, um, a lot of praise. I think one that sticks out that people watching the set list would say, oh my gosh, they played stand up again and they're still playing stand up. What I can tell you is that song resonated. People loved that song out there. It's high energy. Um, it's fun. Buddy on stand-up, he, he sings and going back and forth, scatting, not scatting, but kind of call and response with, um, with Dave and the vocals, um, doing falsetto. Uh, it's a high-energy song. That song would end, and everybody would clap and cheer for, for a pretty extended period of time. So from looking at the set list, you might be upset. Why are they playing stand-up that many times? They played it. What did they play it? Uh, 13 or 14 times? Uh, 13. 13 times. It was it was a good song. Um, it might not excite for the set list, but it was it was it was high energy. Same with Bayou. You know, I would be you know upset by seeing Bayou on the set list, and but it's just a high energy song. So the songs they picked were great. The other thing I would say is that maybe it was a little upsetting at first, but then thought about it and said it probably makes sense is covers. They were playing a lot of covers. And, uh, and back to my original point, like if I'm a DMB fan, doesn't get to see them that often, and you start playing covers, I'm like, I came to see you. I want to hear this, your songs. I don't get to hear you that often. Why are you playing covers? And I was like, well, 
I guess if you think about a new band that's kind of trying to grow grow their stuff, they usually play covers. They play something that is relatable if they have some casual fans there that don't know their catalog. They play a cover that everybody knows and everybody has a fun time. So they're averaging two covers a show for a while. And initially I was upset about that, but I guess that makes sense because, again, people were having fun with them. I think time of the season, maybe not as much, but Sledgehammer, people freaking love. They were singing their hearts out on that. Um, and then they broke out a new kind of little cover to the end of Jimmy thing, your favorite song, Matt, um, mm. that traditionally had been sexy motherfucker or sexy MF for those that, Oh, yep. <laughs> Matt's face. Um, uh, they now do, are playing uh, fly like an Eagle, uh, which is a new outro to, uh, Jimmy thing. Yeah. If, if you haven't been tired of sexy MF for the last eight years, um, eight they finally years. busted something out. Well, so I look forward to fly like an Eagle for the next decade too. I, and, and you know, just my, well, I shouldn't really say because there's a lot of people who haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but, um, was super exciting that to, to hear it the first time. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I love this. And then I heard it the, the second and third time. And I was like, Oh no, Jimmy, you're kidding. Still, it sounds exactly the same as what you're saying. Still, still Jimmy, still Jimmy. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> A seven-minute Jimmy, I wouldn't... I, the song, in terms of, like, pull it up on Under the Table and Dreaming. It's a cool tune. I mean, it's, obviously, it's a really popular tune, and it's one of those songs that I don't think was a single, or maybe it was one of those, like, fourth singles off the album or whatever, the technical single, even though it wasn't a... really wasn't a radio hit. And the fan base just loves it. It's, it's a crazy, unique song. It's chill. It just, you know, it feels like summer. It feels like that album, yeah. Under the Table and Dreaming. In in a bubble, Jimmy thing, man, that's that's like a Dave, that's like Dave Matthews band, you know, quintessential Dave Matthews band song. Right. And they just beat the crap out of it on tour. They turned it into this twenty-two minute snore fest, and then they take this sexy mf'er because hey, you know, nothing gets a cheer like the f word. Woo, he swore. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, people like and, people and it like just, Prince. It just, they just destroyed it, and um. And so, so it's it's not so much Jimmy that that drives me crazy. It's just the the fact that they've gone stale on things, and we'll get into that more. But but like you said, fly like an eagle. Welcome change. Yep. Welcome change. Now keep it going. Keep keep keep, keep it going. Yeah. Keep keep it mixing it up. Yeah, I mean, um, I, it is only I don't know. It's only gotten played like uh, you know five times so far, and there's obviously there's going to be a lot of people in the U.S. that haven't had a chance to hear it, so they're going to hear it. So they don't want it to be mixed up. Um, but it would be interesting to see if, like, I, as much as I don't want to hear Sexy MF or anymore, if you got to the end of Jimmy and you didn't know which way they were going to go, they were going to go one or the other, and then you, if you got to hear it, that'd be kind of cool. But it just seems like, nope, we've done a hard switch now to fly like an eagle, and uh, uh, Sexy MF is no longer to be seen again. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, well, I, I, that kind of goes... Oh, it, it, it's, one of, it's one of my points that I want to talk about in a little bit here. Um, but the the stagnant nature of the set list. And in my opinion, I'd also would argue the songs themselves. Um, I think that, I, I think that's the more important part. I mean, for Europe, uh, you know, yes, the, the, the set list were quote unquote stagnant or didn't change as much. We literally had, we nearly went every single show seeing um, here on out and don't drink the water ne- yep. nearly went that entire, t- entire time. Yep. And then, uh, then, it, then it stopped. Uh, that's okay. Again, we talked about this, but the the stagnant and maybe in the the versions of the songs from night to night or in the solos or the performances of the song, right. I think um, is a valid point. Here's what I worry about. Everybody, you know, you're talking, you probably are, you're taking European tour in a bubble. 
And in a perfect world, we'd all be able to look at things, you know, encapsulated in its own little version and not with what the last tour was, what the summer tour. I, and for me, I, I, it all snowballs into itself and it, it rolls into the next. And I take it in that context, whether I want to or not. Yep. Um, and right now I don't want to, because I think I'd feel a lot better if I was able to compartmentalize Europe into just its own little thing. But but people talk. They'd say, hey, um, what what do you think this means for the summer tour? And, and and I can think about it in that context. And then I can think about it from the fall tour that just ended before this tour and then the summer tour that was before that. And I'm looking at it like, what out there is giving you hope? Realistic hope. You can always have hope. Hope hope and faith doesn't require any kind of fact, right? You just that is faith is the is the hope in the absence of evidence. Um, but uh, why should I be optimistic about what's coming? Europe, I'm not surprised at those set lists at all. And surprise is the thing that keeps you going after 20 or 25 years of following a band. And in my opinion, it's, it's, it's gone. And in my argument to people, it says, well, we'll see what happens this summer too. They'll, they'll kick it up. Based on what from the last three years are they going to turn a corner or change things up? What out there is giving you any any indication that's going to be any different than what I would say is the biggest coast mode they've ever been in in the career. And, and so that's, that's where I have the hangups. And that's why looking up to the summer tour, what am I, what am I excited about right now? Do you want me to answer for you? Or is that the, that the, the intentional pause there? Uh, is that, hey, that pause yeah. intentional? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, and it's kind of my key gripes tie in with this upcoming summer tour and that I'm, I'm worried, but I mean, you've got no fiddle still. And in my opinion, I'll, I'll go into what I think, what I think the major deficiencies of this band are in a little bit, but let's talk about the summer tour coming up first, right? So it starts so, in three weeks. It starts in three weeks. So are you of the opinion that this, the way the sets went in Europe or how they are going to go in the summer tour? Cause that is the big question. Everyone's like, I think nervous about uh, is, is this how it's going to be in the summer tour? I think it's going to be a similar version to this, to the to the European tour. I do. Wow. I do. Where, where we could see we could have two songs like "Don't Drink" and "Here on Out." Maybe it's not those specific two, but are getting played at at nearly every show, and they're not like it's not like Samurai Cop where it's the new single or something like that, which makes sense. But um, well, it's funny. "Don't Drink the Water" and "Here on Out." I I like both the songs. So I don't even consider that to be wildly egregious. Um, I think playing 62 songs over the course of a tour is bad. It's 18 shows. I mean, this is not, this is not like 50 uh, shows that a summer U.S. summer tour is. Yeah, but I mean, if you extrapolate upon that, it's not, they didn't reach much better of a ratio <laughs> at, at, in, in the summer tour, am I right? Last year. I know. I was trying to look up our past podcast notes to see if, because I thought, from my memory, I, I can we, look at it on Tour Central here. Uh, from my memory, I thought that we said we at the end of the tour we were like, you know what? Surprisingly, we have these complaints, but it actually isn't that far different from the last, uh, you know, from the last few tours all the way back to 2015. You know, right? And that's and I would argue that it's been a very bad four years, <laughs> which you could you could. And to your point you made earlier about the catalog getting bigger, you know, I wonder that too. Is is our expectation getting bigger as the catalog gets bigger? Um, 
you know, because the catalog's bigger, do we have more expectations? Um, I wonder that too. Possibly, possibly. So we've got we've got the t- the tour starting in three weeks. You've got the similar, same old, and it it increases every year because every year there are more warehouse members and there are more people who are rejected for shows. I don't, more warehouse members, debatable. Uh, we'll go on. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, here's the thing. I'm a day two member, right? Yep. For me, it's thirty five dollars, and I feel I feel like I am. The exact person I'm railing against when I say, you keep hoping. What's giving you any kind of hope that things are going to be different? That this is eventually at some point going to pay off. But there's that fear in the back of my head that the day that I cancel my membership, (laughs) they're going to come back and say, you know what? We're going to give all you day one and day two members this. They they have an alert set up. They have an alert set up for when when ID4 cancels. uh, All right, now we can really roll out all these things we've had. But I feel like it's kind of uh, the same kind of scenario as the band. Like, what what on earth gives me the idea that Warehouse is going to turn around and shock me this year? You know in what? Year twenty five. It's so funny. Like, I would say if you were to graph the um, what's what's like the uh, you know the um, customer score, customer appreciation score, or customer you know like happiness score of the Warehouse, it, it was going down, 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 down. Uh, all the way to last year, especially with the year off and you had to still pay. Surprisingly, this year it is skyrocketed up. And the reason it's skyrocketed up is because at least with the warehouse, you have a chance of getting tickets. Ticketmaster these days is a freaking joke. That You get it, you can't even buy tickets online anymore. And suddenly because Ticketmaster is a joke, suddenly you're like, Wow, this warehouse isn't so bad. I can actually get, I can actually get tickets this way. So this is this is I'll take this now. Ideally, you'd like to know what seats you're getting. You, you know the the way that they do seniority and you're just randomly selected for a tier and you're stuck with that tier. Thankfully, they in, in most of the time allow you to back out of lawn. Um, it's still not the best, but at least you can get tickets because I think some people that didn't do warehouse are really hurting for tickets this year because of Ticketmaster terribleness. Hmm. And again, premium tickets, which is basically legalized band and door scalping, are still a very big thing. Yeah, and that's that's what people blame, like why Ticketmaster is not working. It's like there's two there's two sides of it. Terrible system, uh, terrible web system gives um, you know bots and and scalpers better chance than r- real fans. Um, so that's that sucks. It would be great if DMB implemented some of these like loyal fan things where you actually register for an, uh, an opportunity to purchase like four days in advance and you get a special link and you're a verified fan and you're not a bot. Other artists are doing that. would be great if DMB did. That's the one piece. The other piece, though, is these premium tickets. And the fact that Live Nation and the band or whoever can hold back tickets and market set their price... Uh, so maybe only sell 80% of the capacity, hold back 20, and then market set the price to uh, how much people are willing to pay. And so tickets out on Ticketmaster now are $400, $500 for a pair of seats. And people are just, mm. when you can't even get tickets and you go on there and you see all these available $500 tickets are are rightfully so upset. Um, and I know we've debated a lot about this. And, you know, the band wants their share. The secondhand market is happening with or without the band. And so... The band's opinion is let's be with it and let's let's let us get a piece of that pie, um, and it sucks. Um, if they really wanted to do without it, they could. They could eliminate all of that, doing something like some of the other artists do. But this is where we're at, I guess. The band has chosen to uh, enable this. 
So what are your expectations for the summer tour? I and and not to break them on you too bad. Yeah. But I have a feeling there's and we talked about this a little bit offline, but I asked you, you know, what's what is your line? What is your line when you start to take come away with not so positive an experience? And and you put a very vague term out there and and stop having fun is when. And you know, you're an easygoing guy that you know you have fun, you enjoy the company of people and the tailgating experience, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, I tr- I want to whittle that away <laughs> to the concert, ex- the concert. Okay, the performance. Yeah, but I'm. What I'm, are your expectations? So what you're at, you're, you you like to find out like at what point would I not, will no longer be happy? You, you want to f- tease that extreme, you know? We we. I want to find out where the line is. Yeah, and we because you, if there is no line, no line. Then really, what you're saying means nothing, right? Well, no line. Well, there is always a line, but we when we talk about it, some people do have no line, and right. we call that you know phone book, you know, or when, pissier. <laughs> where you know the band can come up there with a phone book and just start reading through the phone book and playing and people best would, set list ever people could write one better myself people would cheer like just be happy they're playing they're playing the phone book and they'd be happy um that's that there are some people at that far extreme um you know that is not me i wouldn't that, that my line is much sooner than that and um on where i would be unhappy and the way that i define it which you're not happy with is when i stop having fun and, you know, if suddenly I'm not having fun anymore and I've seen people that that's, they fall in that path, then they stop. And I find myself at shows and I'm still having fun, you know, um, and friends are a big piece of that. Um, I think if I was always by myself, some of the fun factor would would go down. Um, well, so. see, that's and, and I know it's tough to separate. Right. I'm asking you to try to separate that even like forget who you're sitting next to. If you can, because, because right. I like the gorge last year. I had fun. I could have not went to any of the shows. It was a fun weekend. That's not, that's not what I'm asking about right now. I want actually try to, I want to try to ignore that part. Yeah. It's hard hard to to ignore. It's hard to ignore, but I will give it a shot. Yes, Uh, it is hard to ignore. I I get um, it. Because that definitely comes into it. Uh, If just, just by the set list. Well, where is my set li- list where- and how it sounds to you, what it does for you. You're sitting at a concert by yourself for every show you've ever been to. Yeah. What is that? How much do you enjoy what's in front of you right there? I, that's what I'm looking for because I've said it before. I griped about it. I can hang out with my friends and not spend 150 bucks on a ticket right. each night. Right. Like, it's not about that. True. Um. You know, I don't know where my line is. I'd have to, you'd have to ask me some questions probably to help get out. What I could tell you is, um, it'd be it'd be what their songs that I'm just I'm just not enjoying the songs. And I could tell you taking friends out of it, taking all the other things, and only like the concert and the song. Um, there are uh, there are still plenty of songs that I am absolutely in love and and would suck not to see not to see them play. Uh huh. Okay. I mean that's so, fair. That gets down to actually what we're talking about here as much as we possibly can. It's like you said, it's tough to completely remove all context. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like when, you know, when would I, when would I not really be happy with the set lists? I mean, well, I can tell you the for band, sure. Let yeah. me ask this. Let's say the band turned into, and I use James Taylor because yeah, exactly I grew up listening to James Taylor. Yeah. I've, I've seen him a bunch of times, but within a single tour, it's basically the same show. Yeah. It's the same order. Yep. It's the same stories in between the same songs. 
and maybe there's an encore one that they special that he'll swap out yep. just something special. But other than that, it's a rehearsed show, and it's a tour of that show every night. That would be my line for going to multiple shows. I would still go to a show and see mm-hmm. the show. Um, I'd be very not happy about it. Um, DMB would not. You would be, not be happy about not being able to go to more shows. The show itself, you'd be okay with necessarily. Yeah, and uh, and DMB would not be considered then one of the bands I travel and you know it wouldn't be a top band because I'm just now going to one show and the music isn't really changing. It would be a uh, a band, but it would not be the band or one of the bands at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. What about if they did forty? songs a tour they basically had two shows that they swapped back and forth and maybe they mixed the set list up right so not the same order not the same stories but the same songs just kind of putting in the snow globe every night i would think my max number of shows would be two for that year then Hmm. okay i would not it would be essentially the same thing i just so what you're saying is your max shows on on a tour where they play 97 different songs should be five Ooh. No, why? Why do you get to that? Because that's one out of every five shows. Forty songs is one out of every two shows. Ninety-seven songs is one out of every five shows. You're likely to see a song. Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, I think you convinced me. Yeah, I mean, if again we're taking out the friends and taking out and just talking set lists, I think you're right. Yeah, my, I probably should only do uh, five shows then, uh, based mm-hmm. on that. If that was the only thing I was grading on, I'm gonna clip that thing. And save it and just put it in the vault. I said, Joe's, with under your, I should only go to five context, shows. You're only giving, you're telling me to only look at the show, and uh, I'm only looking at the show. I'm not thinking about everything else. <laughs> Are we getting a fiddle this summer or ever? I think the first question is, I, I, I just ask it: Is Boyd ever coming back? You know, time heals all wounds, right? Time is infinite, so I mean, there's it could be, yeah, two thousand years from now, wounds are healed. What? Right. Um. Um. Huh. Was Lily White ever coming back after uh, after Lily White sessions? I would have said no the day after. Interesting question. Wow, because I would say the band would have said freaking no, but the fans pushed for it, and the same exact thing probably relates to Boyd. Man, yeah, that's an well, you'd have to assume they listen to the fans at this point, or at least the critical fans. Why? Why is that sarcastic, or is that true? It's that's sarcastic. Okay, now, I, I mean, say. yeah, um, yeah. They this is this is the bucket of effort. Can I say yeah. Um, so they definitely don't um, listen to uh, the, the opinion of that. Um, yeah, I mean, my answer is no. Boyd is not coming back. Um, so that's just the first part of your question you asked. Are we going to get a fiddle? Uh, I would love a fiddle. It would make the biggest difference. Yep. Um, I, I get Dave's concern that it's only used for very limited uh, points, so I have somebody that can only do that. Huh. And, and it's not just the sound of the fiddle. Like, okay, the horns can kind of replicate a sound of a fiddle if they, for parts, depending on what they are. The uh, buddy can with the keys. It's not necessarily just specifically the sound. It was the energy of the solo that came out from a fiddle player uh, and and that part of the show um, as a highlight of the show. And um, there's also some songs where that's just needed yeah, um, to push the song over the top, why that song was considered one of the best. Um, so I really wish they would. 
I say at this point, there's zero indication that they would be adding a film. Yep. And that, that breaks with my heart. Three weeks to the summer tour, right after Europe. And um, we were hearing we were hearing rumors towards the back end of the of 2018 summer tour that they were trying out fiddles. Uh, we had some pretty solid word that they were. Yep. For them to not, I wonder what happened. I think I think Dave had had his choice between keys and fiddle, and said, "Man, I could use keys on a lot more than I could." Use I fiddle. don't see why that had to be a binary choice, though. Yeah, I mean, is that is that too much? Adding two more people to the band. I mean, here's the thing about the fiddle: is it's not an unknown. More like key, well, even keys aren't really. But keys have, and forget about Peter Greaser. You know, it's not I'm not talking about that. But keys have have never been a part, a key component of the structure and composition of of the songs. Live songs, it actually has been a pretty key part of it. Uh, it has, but live. That's not what I'm talking about. And the creation of the song doesn't depend on the keyboard. The original versions. Uh, I don't know. Dave writes on the on the on the on the piano a lot now. Let's just say the overall catalog doesn't depend on the presence of a keyboard. Overall catalog, yes, but if you look at recent catalog, well, I don't care about recent. Well, that's what what's on Dave's mind is recent. He's writing songs on the piano. Doesn't he doesn't want to get up there and write, get up play the piano on stage? So, I guess just somebody else up there. I guess. I just don't see where if you bring in a fiddle, it's not it's not a it's not so much of a variable, right? Because the the, the fiddle parts are fairly structured. Mm-hmm. You've got your solo windows, bing, 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 bing. That's those are known performances in songs. Yep. Right? Yep. Where it's not like, well, what's gonna happen with that? You know what you're gonna get from the fiddle because th- those parts have been cultivated over decades. You got keyboard, that's a little more of a where does this plug in? Where does it not plug in? That That's my point, is sure. that you're not really worried about too new. You're bringing back a sound that's been with you for, yeah. you know, yeah. 25 years, and now you're adding key. So that's what, that's my point but on that. that. But what you could say is maybe they needed that. They needed the new. Yeah, yeah. they didn't want the just uh, snap-in piece. They needed something different, some new new sound. They needed, they needed an ener- energy boost or something, and maybe that's why, to your yep. point, maybe that's why they went with that. Well, I think that's I think that's true, and and everything that they've said is that the energy on stage is what it is, and I'm sure Buddy's goosing them real good in terms of firing them up and 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 giving a new, fresh feel. And again, Boyd to talk about a person was quite clearly not bringing it and kind of checked out, no question. And I and I think people want to go all or nothing and say, oh, you what you want you want Boyd up there? He was doing nothing. That's not what I'm talking about when I say I want a fiddle there and, and they need that sound. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do you mean they need that sound? Boyd hadn't been doing nothing for years. Yeah, and it sucked. But when he was good and he was bringing it and he wasn't out there puffing on his, you know, smokestack machine, Vape. he's pretty darn good. Yep. Um, my problem with no fiddle, and I agree with you, that he's certainly not coming back and any inkling that the band is going to bring a fiddle back is your your it's full faith. There's no evidence to that effect at this point. Yep. I thought last fall tour would have been a great time, a great bite-sized segment of shows give that are relatively a give somebody a chance to see if it if it worked or not without relatively low low visibility, yep. right? In terms of the band's overall, you know, persona, the yep. summer tour is the band's yep. thing. Yep. Right. Um, and they didn't. I was 
honestly surprised about that. Um, but I think it's a massive hole, and I think it's also compounded with what's happening on the other side of the stage. And there, again, there are plenty of people who are very happy with it. I don't get it personally. I, I truly don't get how you can be a fan of this band for, and, and I am talking in my zone where I've been a fan for 20 years now and, you know, know what this band is capable of, you know, Live at Red Rocks, one of my favorite releases, uh, you know, saw a bunch of shows when, when Leroy was here. And even shortly after Leroy passed away, I don't think this really manifested itself until the last seven or eight years. Whatever's happened to the right side of the stage, I think is is a massive detriment to the style of the band. Listen, Dave Matthews Band is a poor rock and roll band. They're not, they never were. Anybody who tells me, oh, DMB's a rock and roll band, come on, you know, read a book, listen to some other music. They're not a rock and roll band. They never were. They were this jazz, funk, African fusion kind of band. And they were super unique. And when they hit the scene, nobody had ever heard anything like them. And that was what got them. If Dave Matthews Band broke onto the scene, I don't care if it's 94 or 2014, with what they're playing now, nobody'd ever hear of them, is my point. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're, they've missed the boat because everything is so much about timing. I would argue that if they went into, debuted with what they're playing now, any time in the last 30 years, nobody would ever have heard of them. And that is because you've got a horn section that is truly a horn section. They are rehearsed, repetitive, echoed, mirrored bits. Jeff and, Jeff and Rashawn are playing the same thing. Talk about a pair of handcuffs on what are supposedly two excellent musicians. And I know that for a fact about Jeff. I don't think trumpet has a place in this band. I just don't. I don't think it sounds good. But to have that temper Jeff down, tamp Jeff down, and now, so you've got that side of the stage just turned into some Steely Dan studio contribution. And then you've got the violin that's gone now. And the entire soul and wild nature and, and expression of the band has completely changed. It's, it's no longer exciting. Now you've got your solos, quote-unquote solos, that are now the same notes. What, what is exciting about a Dave Matthews Band show anymore? That's what I worry about. And then they sit there and they put their nose up and say, we don't need to bring that sound in. Everything's great. Bucket of effort. We don't care. And you've got plenty of sycophants out there who are saying, I couldn't write a better set if I, I couldn't do better. I like the new sound now. How is that so that you like the new sound with no violin and a neutered horn section? Some people like that. No, some people like that. I mean, there's I think you make a lot of really good points, um, you know, related to that. And I, I think we shouldn't i wish that dave didn't dismiss including a a a violin a fiddle of some kind give it a shot you don't you could change the sound don't just assume it's going to be the way that it was in the past it could change there could be brand new areas that it could take some of these songs some songs that maybe didn't even have prominent fiddle in the past if we got a new creative mind fiddle player up there It'd be very interesting, and let's let's give it a shot. You know, it would be great to hear. And then, obviously, they can contribute to the traditional songs too. It just gives DMB that kind of twangy, kind of unique sound that um, unique, you know, that made it stick out on the um, on the radio. Uh, well, my other side of that, and and you led really well into that, is you kind of said, give it a shot, take a chance. 
And I would argue that the band has never been more risk averse than they are now. Um, and I don't know if that goes to when I hear people saying, oh, but they sound so good. They sound better than they've ever sounded. And I don't want, I want to put a pause on my first risk averse comment and, and dive into this because it's part of it. And I kind of want to recursively work back up from there. But Joe, when you say, or, or when you hear people say they sound better than they ever have, what does that mean? <laughs> um, just like it, you could read it a couple of different ways, but I think what, what people are saying is it's just well put together, well rehearsed, well, well, you know, executed. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that 2018 tour, I think they sound not good. I don't like how they sound. And I don't care if there are no missed notes. Nobody's there with a pen and pencil saying, oh, Roy squeaked on this. Up, oh, Jeff squeaked on this. Up, oh, Dave missed a chord. That used to be the cool stuff about listening to a live concert is the deviations, the mistakes, the recoveries. I don't want to listen to a pitch perfect album. That's why it's a live performance. And I think the desire for polish maybe is misplaced. Maybe that's what people are talking about when they say they sound good. They sound polished. Yeah. I don't want them to sound polished, not at a live show. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it is polished and I you know, I don't know, I'm, I I could see how people might want that and they definitely do sound more polished and if that's the kind of sound that you want, um, you're definitely getting it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed. Clearly anybody who's listening can probably hear it. I, I hope the summer tour 2019 is better, but it is it is self-feeding too, because when you have your safe hope over there, say, oh, maybe they'll be different, but I'm not going to expect it. And then they come out with a non-diverse tour or whatever. All it does is feed the beast. Say, see, what's the point? What's the point? And I'll admit, I'm, I've lost, I, I could say I'm losing steam. I've lost a lot of steam. I need this band to be Closer to what it was that got me into it. They're they're nowhere near that. And that is, I mean, listen to the opening clip of this podcast. You'll never hear that again. You'll hear some kind of fake faux imposter version of Ants Marching that they continue to play, which does not sound good. And listen, a song is a sum of its parts. A song cannot carry itself based on it being the song. Right. You know, it's it's the performance. And I feel like they've lost a lot in so many of their amazing differentiating songs. The Stone without the violin, Pig without the violin. I mean, you yeah, know, those, all I mean, of almost. I, I, there are some songs that I mean, Buddy is adding, and it, it is they are better versions of the songs than they were before. And like what? For me, the one that is just really hitting home is um, "Lying in the Hands of God." Okay. Um, not your typical like high energy, you know, whatever song. Usually, I don't go for the quieter songs, but man, is that song like funky and smooth and um, and buddy. Did it have violin? I'm trying. I'm playing it in my head. Was violin a key component of it in the first place? Uh, I'll answer it for you. Yeah. No. Next. Well, I'm no. I think your point. I think you're saying everything is bad. I'm trying to tell you there's songs. That have gotten better. Not, I mean, yeah, there's there's the violin piece of it, but not not every song has progressed the direction you're saying. I'm saying there's okay, other songs okay, that yeah. have progressed the right uh, and improved direction. Okay. And um, you know, but but those have to do with you know Buddy's contributions. Yeah. Um, All right, uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. If you ask me to have a trade-off, 
I think what you would what I think you would find is if you were to rank your favorite DMB songs of all time, you know, like a top top one to to hundred, I think you would find the the songs that are in your top are the ones that have been affected, and right, the ones that right. aren't in your top, there's other songs that have in, increased, but those aren't necessarily your favorite songs, and I think when you hear a lot of people really excited, they have different favorite songs and. Some of those songs are the ones that are have yep. increased, and they're really they're really happy about it. I mean, there's there are a lot of fans of Sister here on out. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Two Dave solo songs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 Some Devil. Um, th- these these a little bit more quieter Dave solo um, pieces. There is a strong contingent of people that really enjoy that. And that. I've always been a fan. All three of those songs, I like them all. Okay. I like them all. Uh, I, I'm just saying that this band has an identity, you know, like or, or, or built an identity, a style, right? And I'm not saying styles can't change because they do and they have. Um, but I, I almost feel like they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. In a way, to uh, uh, where where a lot of their pillars and and we've had numerous polls over the the course of the the life of ants marching, where we've you know polled the top songs in the community, yep. right? I mean, this is averaged across thousands of users, and the songs that are in my one to one hundred are the songs that I share with ninety nine percent. You know, the, the the top one hundred, we can all agree. We might have, say number one and number four, we might swap them, but in terms of that top ten and that top fifty. The same songs bubble to the top for I, most everybody. It has been. I, I mean, I don't, when's the last time we did that? I would be very interesting to see if it would still be the case after the the recent run of albums and and years and new fans coming in, uh, older fans maybe leaving. You know, I wonder if that's still the case. I would. Like oh yeah, I, I would. I would argue that more hardcore original fans have kind of faded away. Right. And might their input might not be as heavily weighted, sure. Yeah. And new fans are here, and there's going to be maybe people, there are a lot more fans of Samurai Cop, which would yep. probably not make our list, but to somebody that came yeah, yeah. in and that's the song that that drew them in, that's a that's a top song of theirs. We touched on this before we started recording, but I, I'd like to make a point that I feel like, and it's not just Dave Matthews' band, right? It's it's anything. If you look, watch the news, politics, it almost feels like things are so tribal now where you cannot level a criticism without being completely termed as a hater. It almost feels like you, you're, you're identified as either completely on side A or completely on side B. No gray in the middle. So you either have to love everything this band does and there's no criticism to be had or leveled. Or if you do, then you have to... That means you have to hate everything they do and why are you even running this site and you can't stand them. And obviously the, the, the truth and the, the reality lives in the middle. And it's frustrating on either side when you have people who level, oh, you're this or you're that. Ultimately, I think in anything and especially anything art, there's room for criticism. And I feel like there are a certain segment of the fan base that will that truly will enjoy the phone book like you said the f- the fact that there are people out there who would be would who would be happy with whatever what does that say yeah, I, and i told you and, and my only explanation i've asked there's a lot of people that are phone book fans and I, i've tried to talk with them and ask um 
why is that? Why, why are you? And the reason is, um, it's, it's their happy place they, they enjoy being happy. They just get a happy feeling. And so it, it, it's their, their Zen, their, their happy place. So I, you know, I don't know how to explain any more than that, but that, that's that, the that may be so, but there's a certain, there's a certain bit of, I got to wipe my eyes and make sure I read that correctly. When I read somebody on Instagram or whatever, it says, could not make a better set myself if I tried. <laughs> I don't think that's ever honestly true. But people are saying that and they're meaning it. And I, I, I'm like, well, how, how dumbed down has your taste or your willingness to advertise your lack of depth? No, I mean no. I I I don't agree with that. I think that's a different point than the one you're making before. That 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 set list may just be how their favorite songs. Um, Boy, and that's what their favorite songs are. I think that's different than criticizing. You know, being able to comment negatively, right? That person happened to like all the songs. Great for them. But if I'm not tying them together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are. You know. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page there. Because I, I think it's really important. I, again, some people are upset at ants. Um, I think Stefan has been upset at ants that we don't um, edit people's opinions. We don't <laughs> we don't shut down shut up people's opinions. Um, we 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 let them have them, even if we Matt and I or others disagree with them. Um, we don't we don't shut them down. We don't lock them, close them, delete them. Um, we let people have their opinion, and as a result, we get criticized that Ants is the fall guy now. Now Ants is crazy. Ants says, you know, Ants is mean to the band. Ants is, it, there's people with opinions, and they don't represent everybody on Ants. So just saying Ants is, is not very fair. Um, but the main thing here is, no, we don't censor. It, not everything has to be um, positive. You can critique like art if you would like, and we will let you do that without blocking. Now, if you make personal attacks or, right. um, you know, things that are over the line, yes, we're going to take care of that. We're not, we're not just a, you know, wild, wild west, anything goes. Um, but we are going to let people have an opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's obviously what we do on here. And Joe and I have had numerous conversations about, listen, I personally don't love the direction of the band right now, but, it's not, it's, it's, it's a relevant topic and we're going to talk about it. And, um, you know, again, we're not, we're just not going to tilt it one way or the other. We just, I think that's why we work together really well on this is that we're kind of, we're kind of like the, um, half moon cookie on this one. <laughs> they work well together, but they're completely different halves of that cookie. Oh, look at that. <laughs> You've got to go with the chocolate brownie, uh, cake though. You can't go with that vanilla cake cookie. What? That was wrong with vanilla cake cookie. You like that with the? You like the half moon with the vanilla cookie? Yeah, why not? Um, I'll tell her. I'll, listen, I don't even need to answer why not. It's just why not. What? There's nothing wrong with the vanilla cook, half cookie. And there goes why we are so different in our opinions of the band right now. Because <laughs> that down, right there boils down to our cookie preference. You are phone book with that <laughs> vanilla cookie. <laughs> um, one more little key point I want to ask before we get into the listener questions. Kind of fun. But um, do you know the year the band started um, doing the live set list on on their site when they started posting? Um, no, was I it like two thousand one. It was a pro- in the internet age, so yeah, let's say two thousand one would be 
appropriate. I think it was shortly after we started the site. I think it was right in that vault, that area. Okay. 2001, 2002. Why would a band... Uh, what What about a show would cause the band to want to put up what they're playing at any given point during a show during all of their concerts? Uh, you really you know the answer to this. You know, set up, but it's it's to keep. I think it's for the couch sir, couch tour people. Um, for people that no no want... no that, yeah. But what about that show would would drive them to want to share? I mean, I think you're more inclined to post it if you have a lot of variety, but you don't have to. You could have not a lot of variety and still post it, and and you're trying to attract that couch tour fan. But I get your point. You're trying to say yes that you are trying to have uh, variety and surprises, and that's why. Right. I mean, that I remember when that started, and we were watching, we were following, and just what are they playing, and the excitement. Um, it was for the and, it was like for the couch tours, and, and, and this was unique. You know, we were a unique band that was pl- not everybody plays different shows every night, and so you know when you had that ability and you're tapping into this new internet age, and uh, people are starting to get computers and uh, internet access, and the band has internet access at venues, which you know back when they started was not even a thought. Um, it was just kind of a cool thing to be able to do and to push the limits of technology related to a live show mm-hmm. and, um, you know, gave gave your fan base a way to connect to you uh, even when they weren't in your local city. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I agree with all of that. And I think it's a must for any band who wants to. Like, the couch tour is a thing. But my point is, wasn't the couch tour originally to, 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 to follow, to to, to to join along with the surprises would be interesting. And I just feel like in recent years, it's become a little ironic. So to speak, you know, kind of that, uh, that they, on their, you know, they advertise what they're playing and, and we, you know, we participate that in that as well. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, posting, yeah, posting the songs as they play them. Yeah. Yep. And it also can, it's not like the, the set list aren't going to get out there. Um, so there's no point in, in stopping, but at the same time, I think it also is kind of that visibility where it gives it gives people a great point. Now I can see instantly and digest that that's no different than last night. What the heck is this song? What the heck is it? it, it in the Twitter internet age, um, the feedback is instant and it's often harsh, right? Right. And this makes it easier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that are a little bit harsher, and it's a complaint that exists. Say you're not at the show, you're just sat list right. watching, and you're banging on songs and complaining about things, and you're not even there. Um, sure. It, which, uh, yeah, it's easy to fall into. Like I said, I think every time somebody saw Stand Up get played, or Louisiana Bayou, or You Might Die Trying, there was probably people that aren't at the show or maybe groaning. But I can tell you, people at the show were cheering as loud as they could. They, they loved the songs. And that's why we take very um, good care to, for the show flow voting, we separate out the um, average of the all the show flow votes uh, between, um, and we break it down, people who are at the show and people who are not at the show. And I would say across the board, people who are at the show have a higher average rating than people who are not at the show. For sure. It would be really crazy if there was a not at the show, not at the show that rated higher than the people right. that were at the show. That would be pretty funny. Right, right. So, yeah. Um, 
Well, that's good. Thanks for thanks for engaging me on some of that, Joe. It's, it's just, you know, we haven't had a pod in, I don't know, three months, and um, definitely some stuff that I wanted to get off my chest. It's, yeah, there's a lot of people talking. I mean, I think that the topic of the, the variety of set lists, it happens to be our hot thread every every day uh, on the forums. You know, we, in the app, would keep track of what the, the day's highest thread was and just general discussion about, you know, how set lists are being put together and the variety has been the hot thread for a while now. And obviously Europe has hopefully did a temporary kind of deviation from that and it's caused a lot of discussion. Um, it's likely to be hot again until we start getting, you know, a few shows into the summer tour. Uh, and, and the summer tour is going to start really weird because it's like, uh, you know, it's like these like one-off festivals um, starting off, you know, it, it, like a couple a couple of their own legitimate shows, then a couple festivals. It's like going to be hard to really get a feel for how the tour is shaping up because of the, all these festivals at the start. It might take um, take a few weeks in to really get a get to see what they're doing. So how many shows are you hitting the summer tour so far? Obviously that number increases as it, as the tour goes, <laughs> as you add and one off and I'll stay an, an extra day. I don't, I don't know. I, uh, let me just add, I just uh, sent somebody my list. So it's uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 with an optional three. Um, so that's what I got now. Plus the, plus the nine I did in Europe. So how many shows are we at here? Um, we got, hmm, how many shows are on this tour anyway? Twelve, Joe. Oh my goodness. Twelve. So I'm guessing. I'm guessing. You said twelve, right? Oh, for me. So, Sorry, I think you said yeah, twelve shows two on the tour. Back two Alpine. I'm guessing you're not doing a kickoff this year. Uh, good call. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, it beats me. I, I can't make it because of because uh, of work. Um, okay. I'm guessing you're doing, and it's hard to BBC hard to tell. What, what do you call the kickoff, real quick? What would you consider the kickoff? Because it's like they start with a festival. Is that? Is hey, that, it's got to be. There, you know, so, there's no preseason. Yeah, so they're doing that. Um, what's his name's festival? Uh, Pensacola. No, well, that's that's the first full band show. Um, right. You know, we don't probably have, don't have the festival in there yet, but they're doing the um, there's something in the water festival. Right. Um, that's a Pharrell's thing. Pharrell, right. Thank you. That's the name I wasn't trying to think of. You know, and that's like on a Friday, and it's already sold out, which is pretty crazy. They didn't even sell single-day tickets. Can, so. can I guess your shows? Yeah, go ahead. You already... he, he, Joe has not told me any of them. Yeah. I promise. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is a little dicey, but I, I think your first shows are the BB&T in Camden. Uh, there is a show before that. That You were close. Oh, wow. Are you going to, are you going to Woodlands? No. I, uh... Oh, Des Moines. <laughs> You know well, why not? It's Iowa. You're not that far away from it. No. Okay, so I'll just keep going. Well, just well, tell me where I'm wrong. Do you want me? Do you want to know the first one? Or you want to find that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one is Nashville. That's gonna be an awesome show. I'm excited about it. It's a weekend show, so you maybe I'm giving you a tip here, but weekends are gonna have a little bit of advantage. You probably already knew that. Um, but that show's gonna be awesome. It's at the first time they're playing that venue, the Bridgestones, the indoor hockey arena, right off of oh, okay. right off of the main strip where all the bars are in Nashville. So. Pre-game. I've never been to Nashville, but it, it's one of those American cities, and I tie that in with um, New Orleans, that I haven't been to yet, yeah. but I would love to go. You know, it's it's like Vegas. I mean, it's, you know, whatever they call Nash Vegas or, you know. Oh, really? East Coast Vegas. You could, you know, you know, you could spend like a couple days there, and it's, you know, good, and then you're pretty you're pretty yeah. much like, okay, I'm ready to, ready to go. Okay. All right, so Nashville. Yes. So I'm going to say the two Canon shows. Yep. 
you're definitely um well I so now the weekend thing throws me off because I would say you do Bethel Woods. But uh, I'm going to say you're going to Bethel Woods. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Mansfield and Hartford are a stretch now for you. Correct. So I'm not going there. Um, a lot of travel for the shows. You're not going to Deer Creek. I am going to Deer Creek. You are. Okay. I was going to say that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Definitely Alpine. Yep. You'll be doing Saratoga. Yep. Uh, you're going to do Jones Beach. No, I'm not going to do Jones Beach. I've never done why Jones not? Beach, actually. I would love to That's do it. That's why I'm saying I thought you would. I know. It's been on my, like, I need to add that. I haven't done it. I actually wanted to add uh, the one that was in, like, New Jersey, PNC Park. Uh, uh, yeah. Whatever, PNC venue, but they didn't play. They're not playing there this year. But uh, those are on my need to do. They just okay. never work out because they're weird timing. You're not going to Florida this year. Nope. Okay. Definitely all three gorge. Uh, right now, I am not doing the gorge, and that there's a lot of people not doing the gorge. So it kind of wait a minute. Yeah, You're, that's a joke, right? No, um, right now I, I did the. Remember when we talk about we do it with the friends and whatnot? I'm stunned. Why? Well, I knew I wasn't going, yeah. but I didn't think you know. And I know I'm not saying that's why you're not going, but I just thought, sorry, Joe, I won't see you there this year because I'm definitely not going. Yeah, but I, there was never a doubt in my mind that you'd be there. Really? I mean, really? it's going to be crazy. I've done whatever uh, eight straight gorges. I'm not even sure what it is. Um, you not going uh, is a bigger factor than than you're willing to admit um, or or believe, I guess I should say. Um, but right now, other shows are getting getting the picks. Not to give you can still like, come out, Joe. You can you can visit me. Yeah, if I, I, I would I'd come out and visit on a different weekend than that one. If I if I come out on that weekend, I got it's going to be hard to pull me away from the show. Right, right. It's like a magnet and you're just like getting pulled towards you, Yeah, it's a gravity Quincy. effect. You can't, I can't <laughs> I can't pull myself away. One of my favorite visits of yours has got nothing to do with Dave Matthews band, but it was uh I don't know, maybe like 3 years ago and what were we talking like on a Friday afternoon? or something, or Friday morning, and I think there was a Sounders game. Was it that night or the night after? Uh, the game was the next night. The game was the next the night, night, but we were talking Friday. Yeah, like Friday afternoon. And I was like, why don't you, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. Huh? You come on out. I'm in a different okay. city. I'm in a different city. I'm not even home. I'm in like an, I'm in another city than where I live. I'm in a meeting, and uh, it's Friday. We're trying to wrap up the meeting, and he's texting me like, dude, come to Seattle. I'm like, I'm in a, I don't even have anything. I'm not, I can't even stop home and like get out of work clothes or do anything. You know, he's like, come to Seattle. Come on. There's a, it was a Columbus crew we're playing. So it was your, your soccer team. Yes. Right. So I said, the crew's playing tomorrow night out here. Just come out. I got tickets. Let's go. And you did. You flew out that day. I literally went from the meeting straight to the airport and just changed all my plans and went, went out to, to Seattle on literally a couple hours notice. And you didn't even fall asleep at the airport when I picked you up this time. <laughs> that was the real polite part of it all. Very few people know the, the true detail of that, and we're not going into it this week, but just so you know, that's a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm not going to go into detail, Joe, because the detail is where the devil is. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Yeah, we but, will, so we, no gorge right now. We will do. I'm, we will do that Seattle trip uh, again. We will find time. I'm. I'm thinking about opening up shop here, open a book, and taking odds on you going to gorge. <sighs> I might be able to turn a profit on this. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. Um, 
I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. It's it's such a great weekend. Three you get a lot of you can get a lot of songs in just one weekend. You get three shows in one weekend. Yeah, I mean, you could get road yeah. three times. <laughs> side of the road, side of the road. Um, so I'm not saying it's not gonna happen, but right now I'm choosing some other stuff. The sh- the shows that you didn't get were Cincinnati and um, Tinley. Uh, Tinley is like lead into Alpine, so it's pretty much on the way. Oh man, yeah, how did I miss that? Yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a little get together um, with the DMB Tattoo guys for Tinley. We're gonna get got a brewery right next to Tinley Park. Tinley doesn't allow tailgating. Wah, wah, I hate venues that don't do that. Um, so we got a brewery right next to Tinley that we're gonna do. Oh nice. Yeah, do a, a gathering beforehand and then head to the show. So that one, and another one you didn't get is uh, Bristow. Really? Did you say you're doing Deer Creek? Yeah. Yep. So you got six in a row right there. Is that a, is that the run? Yeah. It is. It's two at Deer Creek. You got a you got Riverbend. You got Tinley, and then the then the uh, the Alpine two nighter. I knew the Cincy through Alpine was a run. I forgot that uh, Deer Creek was right before it. Alpine was the beginning of the end uh, for my oh. touring. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gusto. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough one. It, Alpine is a little bit of a party place, and it was not your not your scene that time. But you want to know something? Re- you want to know something interesting about Alpine? Or go yeah. ahead. We use it. No, I was just gonna say I realized my age shown more during that weekend than <laughs> than I ever had in my life. I really, really kind of came to terms with uh, me aging. I think a lot of us have caught up to you now, and if you were to come to Alpine this year, you'd have a different experience. Hmm. Um, okay, but regardless, um, Alpine. Little bit of news here: um, New Orleans. Uh, Jazz band, uh, uh, preservation, oh, preservation, preservation hall, hall. J- jazz yeah. band, um, posted on their website that they will be at Alpine the days that DMB is there. So I think a little bit of maybe of a, a leak Very there, cool. but it looks like um, Preservation Hall Jazz Band is going to be playing Alpine with uh, with the side D&B. note. That was the highlight of the Gorge weekend, right. music wise for me. Yeah, so cool. It was uh, awesome in um, Seaville also. The, that's cool that for the winter t- for the fall tour winter tour whatever i want to call it um that was an awesome time too and the band posted video of, of that too so that's awesome it oh. almost feels like it's turning into like sojourn of 41 where if if, if mm. the flectones are in town you're playing 41 this that's has to be a thing funny yeah you're right that is very similar kind of kind of feeling yeah another little interesting note about the uh seaville shows from the fall tour they recorded them in um 3d video you know, like a virtual reality, like 3D thing. They had um, two of those 3D recording devices at the corners of the stage. Those little, those balls, you know, the balls of cameras, the circular. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then they had another gr- guy, group of guys, people walking around with like a, a, a set up and shoot small portions, like on this really tall pole. So they were kind of walking around, setting it up, recording some video and then moving to another spot. So that's interesting. Yeah. So. I don't know when we'll ever see that or who bought that. Cause I've got a 3D TV, so it'd be cool to see. 3D TV? Oh, 3D. I do. I'm tra- that 360. 360. Oh, like the, the, I think you said 3D. Yeah, so maybe I did. The 360, where it's like you, you know, they record all the all the angles, and you can like put on a right. a VR headset or move your move your phone. And I to, see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say 3D is kind of like. A little bit on its way out yeah. as a gimmick, so I'd be—I was holding that back, but that makes a little more sense. At least, I, I, probably still a gimmick, but at least it's a little more current. Yeah, and, yeah. So I don't know what's going to ever come of that, what the purpose of that was, but they recorded yeah. it, so interesting. See, interesting oh yeah, speaking there. of those shows, um, uh, to tag it in, every ticket purchase uh, for the summer tour comes with a free copy of that 
December 14th, um, John Paul Jones Seville show also. Cool. So you can redeem, redeem after the show. Um, you want to take some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, guys, for sending in questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Barnyard, these are all from Twitter. Uh, but if you want to ask other questions as well, you can tweet at us um, at Ants Marching, or you can email us at podcast at antsmarching.org as well. Uh, Barnyard42 asks, how come DMB isn't coming isn't coming coming to my home venues of Blossom and Burgettstown, Pennsylvania? Harsh. Uh, I feel your pain because uh, I consider those some hometown too. Um, and I, I did a lot of uh, kind of like little analytics on this uh, back when they announced the tour dates. I was going to write an article about it. About There's a lot of upset about venues that didn't get played. And really, I was putting together a case of which venue should be the most upset that it didn't get didn't get a show. And, um, you know, Burgesstown has a, has a huge case. A place that used to get two nights, uh, then back down to one, and now zero. Um, that sucks. And, a lot, and some of the places that got zero in the initial tour announcement were because there was later to be festivals announced and other, other things. But so far, there's nothing to, um, to backfill for Blossom and Burgesstown. So really unfortunate. You know, it comes with adding some new places that they haven't played. So, you know, I guess, you, you know, if they're not going to add additional tour dates, they're going to have to swap some things out from time to time to add some new places. So, you know, I would say the Midwest got some, in, you know, interesting places like Des Moines and uh, what was the other one? It's another one way out there um, that are very happy they're getting a show, but it's unfortunately at the cost of Blossom and Burgettstown, which historically have been great shows. So very, very sad about that. Cheryl Duncan asks, I have always wondered why the band, and especially Dave, push themselves touring the way they do. I'm sure they love what they do, but most bands at their level are not as active. They all have tons of money, so it can't be only that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Joe? Um, I mean, I think they, they love, it's a little bit of a, a drug, you know, like a, you know, it's a little bit of a rush. You got that little bit of a, they're addicted to that coming on stage, playing and, and, and hanging out with their their fellow bandmates. So, yeah, um, you know, I don't think it's purely money. I think uh, money is definitely a part of it. If it, if they weren't making as much, you know, making money uh, while they were doing this, they might pursue some different things. But um, it's definitely there's definitely a love side of it. Um, Sugar Goodfoot uh, asks, "Why no LA show this year, Matt?" Well, I think with uh, the festivals, the added show, the um, the Chase Arena shows um san fran getting some love sacramento getting some love uh you know i i don't know specifically but uh, the california does get some love the west coast has gotten some love um where is ridgefield washington anyway i live in the state oh it's essentially north of portland it's it's the new portland venue oh okay okay so yes that's that's the bend concert or whatever exactly bend concert Yeah. yeah Yeah, I'm not sure why no L.A. Uh, it kind of goes to the greater thing where it does seem like some of the classic locations have kind of fallen by the wayside. And like Joe says, there are some new venues, but um, maybe that maybe the way it fit in, of course, getting late into the summer uh, just didn't end up fitting in. And, uh, you know, they had the, the festival in New Jersey back on the 22nd of September. Yep. Um, They're flying to Brazil. They're going to go do a show at, in Rio for a festival in Rio. So yeah, unfortunately. LA wasn't always, it wasn't always a staple, right? I don't think maybe in recent years, but it, it's not like it's been a thing that they've been doing their entire career. No, no. Gorge definitely overshadowed all of the West coast, but, um, but it's recently been 
gaining popularity because of guests that have been out there and uh, and ending the tour out there. It's definitely started to give it some more popularity. Yep. They are playing the USANA Amphitheater in Utah. That's the one that they cancel all the shows at all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, they canceled two years in a row. Uh, yeah, because there were understandable circumstances. Oh, but, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, bad luck. So Feeling Good 40 kind of is echoing a question that we, that we chatted about, the predictability and similarity of Europe sets and to the, into the fall tour, how they're so close, how that sets up you know, what we'll hear during the summer tour. Will we get more of the same or will Dave mix things up? Um, I know this is a panic thing for the community right now. I, if my opinion can give you any calmness or rest assuredness, I guess I believe that that was just a Europe thing for many reasons and you don't have to think it's going to be this way for the summer tour. And I would argue that there is no reason to think that they won't be in the same similar vein. I had, I had everybody calm down and then you went and just got yep, them all and, riled and up again. Lit the fire. Um, Clint, Listen, yeah. I, I, I hedge myself. Here's the thing. I, I, either I'm right and I'm, and I'm right, great, or I'm wrong and the band surprises me and I'm happy anyway. So I like to sit on that edge. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, you're hedging. You're definitely hedging. <laughs> Uh, Clint Wells wants to know, why the hell do you guys wait so long to record a new episode? I, I literally, I, we, we try. I was spent, I, I, it's, I was in Europe for two plus weeks, um, and then Matt was away too. Mexico. Mexico, so um, neither of us are really able to record while we're doing that. So it uh, made sense now the tour is over and we're both not traveling. Um, to finally get one. And, and and I think we said this before. Sometimes people ask me this when I meet them in person. We aren't interested in just doing podcasts just to do a podcast. We want to make sure there's some relevant, interesting content to discuss. Like we'd rather just mm-hmm. wait and make sure there's good content versus coming on and just saying, well, the only thing to talk about is um, DMB is holding a rhino contest and let's, let's spend mm-hmm. an hour, uh, you know 30 minutes talking about that. So, right. Uh, hope, to, hope to have good content. That's why. And schedule. So Drop2D asked um, about BTCS 20, or is it 21 at this point? Because they missed the anniversary. <laughs> Steve Harris recently tweeted that he listened to MacHead for the first time since it was recorded. Is that a hint to any happenings? Uh, I guess my first thought is, is I, without any further context, why the heck would he go and listen to MacHead? Why would he go and listen to MacHead? Well, why? He, right. He has no. He has. Oh, and actually, that when you when I saw this is is it? It's not. I thought you said Steve Lillywhite, but it's Steve Harris. So, yes, Steve Harris, engineer. Is, for engineer people that don't know, yeah, is uh, the engineer. Why would Steve Harris be going back and look listening to that? Guy? I mean, I would say plausible. Yeah, I, I, it's absolutely relevant. I, I think, um, you know, there's been rumors that. It's going to be a bonus track on the anniversary album that the vaporware that is the twentieth, twenty first, maybe twenty second anniversary <laughs> of your favorite and mine DMB album, and a lot of a lot of our the hardcore fan base would would agree there, and at least definitely in their top tier. Yep. Um, and the the legend that is Mackhead that has grown over the years because it was included on a little piece of uh, paper in a picture that was included with the album promoting BTCS. Uh, you know, and and some I think it was Dave's quote or Steve Lillywhite said it sounded a cross between Radiohead and Paul McCartney, right? Right. 
And this is a time when the DMV catalog was, what, 100 songs? Yeah, if that. And so an, another song that we didn't know about and, and want to hear, I mean, like we were craving songs, uh, only had 100 songs, so I was like, wow, what is that? And then time has only amplified it, probably too much amplified. Um, oh, yes. Again. I think if I, if I set any expectations for myself, it would be don't set your expectations too high, otherwise you maybe disappointed. Um, yeah, I would agree there. Just because of time has gone by. Bow, 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 da, da. Um, you want me to take this one? Yeah. Yeah, Clint mm-hmm. Wells asks, um, also, soon after the Batson Sessions leaked, the band played Break Free and Kill the King. Are they aware of the fan base in responding to the leak, or was that a coincidence? They haven't played anything else from the sessions. What would you like to to from TBS? Uh, on the next probably what would you like to hear from it Uh, what would you like to hear from uh, Batson Sessions on the next LP or album Um, any thoughts there Matt Uh, yeah so clearly the playing Break Free and Kill the King were a response to the leak of the sessions right what I don't get (laughs) is why put it away that uh, one I would say they're not going to play it at all if I had a guess right that that so it's a surprising thing that they broke They're not going to play out. what is it in that sentence. They're, play it at all. Anyway, at all. they're not going to refer to the leak of that session at all. And clearly that was a reference to the leak. Uh, those sessions leaking. Yeah. They What did they play them, like once or twice? Yeah, it wasn't much in the fall tour. I don't I don't get why they just disappeared again. Well, they at that, yeah, the fall tour ended. I guess you could say, why did they get played more during the fall tour? Uh, but the fall tour ended. and you Well, they were played early a couple times, and then that's it. It's not like they sprinkled it throughout the tour. Right. Yep. Which would mean they I, played it, and they didn't feel it. You know, you know I, I, I enjoyed I guess. them. Um, I guess, yeah. You know, I, I think they're definitely aware. I think for those that may not know, Batson, um, Dave, and I think Steve Harris, um, and maybe uh, Elasia, all jumped on a plane or got, all met up in the same city to talk about the leak and what they were going to do. So without a doubt, they are aware. Um, I think what's interesting is uh, um, the fan base's response to it is nothing like how it was with Lily White Sessions, right? I mean, like, it came and went, right? I mean, like, do you really think people really aren't replaying constantly the Batson Sessions, uh, no, and I think um, I think you had a handful of songs that were known, we'd heard live already, and some of them made it to Come Tomorrow, uh, and then you had a lot of unfinished ideas. Yeah. Um, I think... It couldn't be perfect interest, timing. It would like to, at, right at the end of a tour or end of a year, and like all this time has passed. Like If they were happened right at the beginning or during the middle of why they're touring, like people would be clamoring to hear those songs. Yep. But now and it like, was old material. Old material, yep. Then now there's songs it, out there that we haven't heard, so you would expect like, oh my gosh, please play this, please play this, you know, because we want to hear that new song. Mm-hmm. But I think they had the benefit of now end of tour and time where it doesn't really seem like people are championing to hear a specific song well, off of that. There's also the the way the Lily White Sessions and Everyday came out is like, wait, Everyday was such a departure, such a not well-received departure from the band's sound. Yeah where they were jazzed up for this album because they were, one, hyping the album with all these songs that were now playing on the summer tour in 2000. Yeah. And they said, wait, you were going to give us this, yep. and this is what was in the works, and yep. you gave us this, that, 
that was so clear. Yeah. Not to mention the rarity of of a, an unreleased album leaking. That was like like the first time ever. Yep. Or or in that conversation. So it was a really big deal industry wide. And it was closer to feeling like an album than this is oh. closer to feeling like sessions. Oh yeah, and um, you know it's a, you don't really listen to this like you're listening to an album, and so it's not something you're gonna put on like regular rotation like you would an album. And That's in, right. in that sense, potentially people are more interested in playing, you know, the current album than they are listening to the sessions. You know, I'll take um, I'll take early home off the uh, yeah. off the bat. I, I I like that an awful lot. Um, uh, other than that, there's not a. I think there's, there's a chance. A I think there's a chance some of those songs make appearances. I think every time DMB likes to introduce a couple of new songs or covers each year, and uh, you know it's still to be foreseen what this year could be. But I think there's a good chance it could be a bad session unless they really are trying not to draw attention to it. Um, which maybe that's the argument is you know what that was a a leak. And we really don't want to draw any more attention to it or give it a bigger, give it bigger prominence than it has already. So let's not play any of the songs from it. And if anything, maybe it hurts the chance of some of those songs getting played. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, I think that's about it, Joe. Yeah. Anything? Any news? You're not traveling, so that's good. Um, and the tour starts in three weeks, so we'll have something to talk about uh, really soon here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these initial shows come up. We'll get to see if there are any changes to the to the band lineup stage or how they're doing performances. You know, it seemed like a trend for Europe was two two kind of pieces of sets with uh, here on out broken in the middle, a little chance for all the band members of the band to step off the stage, except for Carter who um, meditates. But everybody to step off the stage <laughs> and get a get a drink or bathroom and then come back on, kind of like a little bit of a set break be interesting to see if we uh, see that same kind of format taking place in the new year. And I will keep my fingers crossed for a fiddle. Would love. Would love. Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the AntsMarching.org podcast. Yo, if you guys uh, and gals like what you're hearing, we would really appreciate uh, um, a review on iTunes, a five-star one preferably. But you can subscribe to us on all the podcast apps, uh, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Play. Uh, find us there. Um, if you have any questions, email us at podcast at antsmarching.org, tweet us at antsmarching, or head on over to antsmarching.org and register for a free account and start uh, jumping right into the discussion, wear your flame retardant suits. Uh, Joe, again, always good chatting with you, buddy. Always good chatting with you, too. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the antsmarching.org podcast. Visit antsmarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. Antsmarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. Yeah.